Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So why is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ando. We have a wonderful, wonderful show for you today. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I can barely contain myself. I'm so excited. It's actually one I've been sitting on a little bit, which always seems to somehow make it better because I get to hear it again and kind of relive all the interest and salient points made in it. But uh, I have to be fast because it's a long one. It was too good. I couldn't cut very much of it. It's just too good. So we have Sarah, Peter, and Tobias on the program today. You may or may not have heard of them. If you're in the photo book world, you probably have. They are a group of young Danish photographers that uh, came together not so many years ago, and they made this book, this project called Phenomena, which is really just truly amazing. And uh, and so I invited them to come in. I wanted to talk to them, and we ended up having this really great conversation about you know the project, but also about how they built it, how the group came about, how you work together. This is really, really interesting stuff for people who are who are starting out, who are interested in learning how projects develop, and for people who work in groups, giving up control, working with the ego, fundraising, all this sort of stuff, really, really relevant for most of us working in the arts. So I'm going to let them get to this, but the timing is absolutely perfect. Last week, with their new project called The Merge, they won the British Journal of Photography International Photo Award, which is really one of the bigger photo awards we have out there. Tremendous stuff. Great exposure. They're going to have a big show in London. I'm so happy for them. I really think that they deserve this. It's just, it's perfect. So in light of that, I'm going to go straight to the conversation with them. I'm going to let them tell it. Strap yourselves in. It is a little long, but it is really good, all of it. So just check out their book, Phenomena. It is phenomenal, for lack of a better word, and uh, enjoy. But it's an old. I mean, it's it's a it's a fast program, though, right? I mean, mm. it, it goes by semester, not even by mm. year, right? Mm. So I imagine that you go through it. It's intense, and then. You're just kind of like, now what? Mm. You know, you just mm. end up like, I remember when I was done with, with, with school, you know, you just kind of stand there. It's like getting out of prison. You know, you have a couple of bags and you're just kind of like, what the fuck yeah. just happened? What am I going to do? You know, and I don't know if you guys, did you guys start this project before you got out or did you start it afterwards or, or how did it come about? Oh, this, oh, but then we went on to take a whole other education as well. Oh, where? We all, we all started photojournalism. In uh, in Aarhus? In Aarhus. Okay. So we sort of went that way. Which is more of a full education. It's mm-hmm. an actual several-year <laughs> program. A, yeah. It's a full education with all what that means. And uh, yeah, so we did that. So that was another, put on another 45 years to this story. Mm. And you guys were together there at the then, same time. Then we were together... So I was a semester yeah. again. I was ahead. I was ahead. Way ahead. Peter, Peter and I had joined forces at that time. So we actually started to, I started to like him. So I took him up to my level. Yeah, then we were suddenly in the same class. So yeah. I could like but talk so, with him. And- so I was still kind of superior to us on a higher level. But no, we were pretty much at the, the same time through those um, four years. And... Um, 
Yeah. And sure. and then the idea was born back then. During the, the school. During the school in the end of our final semester going towards our final thesis. Yeah, because I think it's such an interesting thing to do a, a, a what is in its basis a documentary photo project as a team. Mm-hmm. It goes kind of against what we're used to seeing. There's the the James Knockway who goes out there mm-hmm. and lives on the edge and uh, <laughs> yeah. almost dies every day and then comes crawling home, uh, PTSD ridden and, uh, you know, but has some crazy pictures. Mm-hmm. And and so the fact that you guys decided to work on it together, I mean, there's so many things about authorship and photography and who mm-hmm. took what, you know, mm-hmm. who, who pressed the shutter. You know, there's a lot of people who would think like, hey, who did this, you mm-hmm. know, and you guys have instead decided just to go as 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 a team, you know, and and. I don't know. I think that's I think that's an interesting way to go about it mm-hmm. because photography is so tied to authorship, especially journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Did was the school interested in you guys working together, or were they kind of like, no, you don't do it that way? I mean, at that at that point, the whole idea of working together wasn't really the narrative, uh, and wasn't really something that was even discussed in in the school. I mean, I never heard anyone sort of at that point back then discussing mm. if it was possible to even entertain the the idea of something like this right but, you didn't discuss that sort of thing no no i mean i don't i don't think i think at that point we were still so much in sort of that james nachtway narrative of photojournalism ourselves that everything was sort of like me 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 right like, okay what I got, am i gonna do i got an idea what can i do what's mm-hmm. my project where am i gonna go where can i fly where can i push the shutter but when we graduated we already from pretty much from day one started you know studio office space together because we wanted to be close to each other and you know work with each other and with other people from other with other backgrounds and then the idea sort of slowly started to really you know um, evolve and and the whole conversation between the three of us about can we actually do something together what does it mean why are we always by ourselves why is there this idea? Why is photography always like this ego thing? What can what will happen if we, you know, entertain this idea and combine yeah. our three egos instead and see if that's even possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions. It's it's hard uh, to even imagine sometimes you know it's hard enough to 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 figure out how to do something on your own, and of mm. course, there's strength in uh, in groups also, mm. uh, but. You know, everyone has to agree. That can't always be easy. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> that's true. But the way it started was um, we kind of we, the reason why we started the studio together was because we really wanted still to have each other's feedback. Mm. Like, look at when I'd done per- personal projects, uh, I would show it to Peter or to Beers, and I really appreciate the appreciate their feedback. But you were still, you know along with it afterwards and um we kind of looked at people you know if you're a bigger group like in a movie or whatever you can do bigger projects and we just after a couple of years at the studio realized that you know our own personal projects got like smaller or smaller whatever because it kind of the commercial side took over so the personal project was always pushed like back the reality of surviving making money yeah and I, at some point, we're like, okay, I had I had this idea for like four years. I I didn't I didn't do it yet. Whatever. At a one point, 
I can't remember who was like, why don't we just try to collaborate and, you know, see if we can do a project together and use, you know, you use the energy you get when you're three people. Because if you if you agree on, like, let's do this, you're not going to just keep pushing it backwards. Mm-hmm, if you want to mm-hmm. jump on board, you know, you're going to book the tickets, then, you know, the, sail, the ship sails at, at a certain point. And there's also a feeling of responsibility to each other at that yeah, point. You exactly. can't just fuck off because now two other people are like, hey, I thought we were doing this. Mm-hmm, exactly. That's interesting. And it actually goes back to something when I moved here to Denmark. It's the same thing. I miss that being able to have someone to talk to. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's really important. And I tell young people who are done with art school, find a group of people. Do something together. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for someone to ask you to hang work on the walls. Find a group of people. Make something. Mm-hmm. Do it yourselves. Because no one will wait for you. you know, like no one's going to show up and just hand you something. And there's a lot of strength in that. Mm-hmm. And also you see people cooperating in many other fields, like in in film and mm-hmm. in theater and, and, and any other fields. So why is it that photographers are so afraid of, of doing that? And I think it leads back to you and what you said before about this narrative that you have to be doing this personally. You have to also, there is like, maybe it's not so personal anymore, but when we started in Fasamogana, like this idea of this uh, narrative, like you have to sacrifice something to like to get the story. Yeah. And I think we really have to move forward and away from that. And, you know, of course we can do much more if we, if we cooperate. Mm. So, yeah. One thing I've noticed is now that, that the camera technology has gotten so good, the, the amount of like photojournalistic esque projects have doubled or mm. tripled because you don't need years of experience to get that shot in low light or to do, you know, to carry the film through the jungle to get it out of there. <laughs> yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff has just become so much easier to to actually make a good looking image mm-hmm. that at a point it's just kind of like, you don't really like, I don't, I don't know. Like there's all these websites where you just see like people's personal documentary as projects and in a while i just mm. I, I i can't really care anymore it's weird it's just i've noticed that it's just kind of like happened that it goes together with the amount of images we see all the time anyways but but there is definitely a need to shift mm-hmm. what we're doing here what stories we're trying to tell and how we're telling them and stuff yes because also when when we when we are suddenly three persons working together then we can structure a project and we can make a concept that we couldn't do ourselves like mm. we can we can take a documentary project in a whole other direction and mm. we can both go deep into a subject and broad at the same time and we can as we did in this project we work with an anthropological approach which yeah. we've never done before and i wouldn't dare to do that myself if mm. i just went out there with my very smart uh, low light capable of uh, shooting <laughs> the jungle camera so that's that's another thing that it, it, it enabled us to to structure the project in a much more um, daring way. Right. Mm. Yeah. Right. And completely changes the result accordingly. Yeah, but everybody, like one of the thir- first things we tell people when they ask how we did this, because it wasn't, it was just, and I eager to try to collaborate and, you know, get the, the other's impact ideas, like put it all in a big pile where the energy is kind of bubbles explode. So what we tell people is like, it was an experiment when this started. We didn't realize that we would end up with enough material for a book. We didn't realize it would, you know, how it would look. And that was kind of, that was great trying to push the boundaries and try to do a project another way and having that freedom to like, let's see if this works. And if it doesn't, 
well, we tried it anyway. Right. It was a great road trip, whatever, to the state. It was a fun project. We didn't know it, w it would work. So there's also, there was a lot of energy in just, you know, wanting to try something else. And it was also kind of us being very sick and tired of, you know, photojournalism with all these rules. You have to do, you have to do it this way, blah, blah, blah. It kind of killed the the creativity i feel like it was like people always do the same projects they all do this, this follow the same formula like you have to do it this way blah 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 yeah and that kind of bored us like because we also besides showing you know our own projects to each other we also look at what other people did like discussing do you like this do you like this and we all the three of us kind of went further away from the traditional you know jungle carrier film reportage we're like looking for you know people who did this differently like right. projects that had you know turned flipped things around or whatever so it was also you know we also wanted to try you know let's do this differently than we've been taught at you know the last four years or whatever well, i mean I mean the project definitely follows in my mind uh, an artistic tradition you know, uh, kind of like what Magnum Photography does. You know, Alex Soth and yeah. um, uh, Sleeping by Ni No Sleeping by the Mississippi, mm -hmm. and uh, what's the other one? The one from Niagara. I think it's just, just called Niagara. Uh, Niagara those Falls, kind of books, yeah, yeah where they mm -hmm. have uh, documents, <clears throat> stories, people's mm -hmm. testimony, photographs, uh, and it kind of makes a whole package, which is, yeah, it is anthropological. It mm -hmm. is, it is uh, a study. Mm -hmm. more than it is just a reportage. I mm. showed up this weekend. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Here's mm. some photos. You know, and it seems also like an answer to the swiftness of image turnaround too nowadays. Obviously, you guys started without imagining how big the project would become mm. because that would be crazy. Uh, but but you were able, you know, to then keep it on track and it, it probably took a long time and it probably was a lot of work and, you know, all those sort of things. Um, it does occur to me before we get too far that uh, I should probably ask each of you guys individually to say who you are for the <laughs> listeners. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and also, sure. I'm curious uh, shortly if you guys had somebody who was a photographer in your family and whether or how you got into it. Mm -hmm. So we can just start here. Full name? Yeah. Okay. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my name is uh, Tobias Stillness Markusen. Um, well, currently, I'm one third of this collective that we've named uh, Sa, Peter, and Tobias. That is your okay? Because I was like, do you guys even have a name? Okay, we it. had a name. We changed it. Now, now, yeah. we, now we have a, now officially we have a name. Um, I, um, but what am I? I'm a, I'm a photographer. I've I sort of I've grown up on my grandfather's floor flipping through photography books from I can since all the time. Mm. I got my first camera through my grandfather who was very much into photography when I was 7 years old or something like that. And I remember I think I broke it already on the first trip to Austria together with him and I was I was so 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 sad because that was the first time I actually shot a film. And I, I think I dropped it on a bathroom floor somewhere outside of Innsbruck in Austria. I don't ever think that that film ever came out because the camera broke and it got destroyed. 
Maybe it's better that way. Uh, maybe it's better that way, but sometimes it would kind of be nice to see what, what was the first <laughs> images that I ever took with, with, with my own camera. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think my I think there's always been, I mean, everybody's always been photographing. I found my mom and dad photographed a lot when I was mm. a kid, so there was always cameras around. It was very natural that photography was, it was not something they did, but I've seen some of this, I've seen some of the shots they done from, traveling china when i was young which are amazing right so well back in there you had to have some knowledge of what you were doing in a lot of cases yeah i mean i i i, I just got introduced to it sort of as a because it was there mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. there i mean there was photography books mm. not like photography books that we know of these days but you know the f- photography books that you had in in sort of the early 80s mid 90s was more like historical books so sure. for me it was like kind of like this thing that i could like jump into these books and i could disappear and i could be in 1925 and i could be like wow imagine the world look like this right. which is still one of the things i appreciate the most but now i just like colored like hand colored photographs historical is like one of my favorite things to do like it still blows my mind when i'm like okay so this is how the 20s looked in color <laughs> yeah, it can still totally because I'm, I'm so like wow the, the world was black and white right. like the past was black and white right, right, so like right. hand colored images is like the most mind-blowing thing i know that's awesome that, that's that's my take on photography <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. do hand colored stuff that's yeah that's great what about you my name is uh peter hillis erickson i um I just I just discovered this photo actually um uh when I was uh, back in my my parents' house uh, where it's from uh I think I'm 10 years old and I'm standing behind uh, like this huge uh VHS camera filming <laughs> the the other guys in doing this uh, school performance yeah and I I just started thinking about it and uh, why did I do that and then I remember like I was so I was so afraid to go on stage and and perform. Mm-hmm. So afraid, mm-hmm. like totally anxious about that. So then I could be standing behind the, the scene with with a camera behind right. the camera. You could be in control of the situation again. And I think that is sort of uh, points in the direction of what I've, I've been doing since, because I I feel and I, back then more than now, but still, like the world is in a fucking chaotic place <laughs> it's a dangerous place it's and, terrifying and, and it's hard to and it's hard to understand who's uh, what is the system and where to go to get that and where to not go to to get beaten up and you know sure, sure. it's it's the world is is, is a crazy place yeah. so i found out through um photography that you can make order in that chaos you could sort of like and i did uh, early on I did a very conceptual work about what it is to be normal in Denmark and that is based on statistics and it's really putting people into boxes and I think um, I like to make order in that chaos Mm -hmm. to to make a system where now with this book it's also it's also very much uh, conceptualized work there is a strict approach to the subject and so on and so forth 
and I really like to, you know, I can just keep, hold it in my hand. And now <laughs> it's all here. Now it's, it's all right here. It, it's it's some of the world is here, and it's in order, and you can flip through it from yeah. A to B. So that's that's why I think I became a photographer. It's a great answer. <laughs> 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 Oh, what uh, you, Sarah? Um, yeah. Sarah, um, the pressure. Can you top that? <laughs> no, I can't top that. No. Um, I think mine is kind of different. Um, I, I think I started with photography when I was, I think, twelve, something like that. Um, um, this is this is a very weird story. Great. Um, uh, my father was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and he started just to shoot everything he saw with the camera. And I kind of realized that he wanted to, like, grab, like, keep keep moments. Like, he photographed, like, everything, like, motorcycles, us, uh, the trees, whatever. Um, Capturing everything. Yeah. So, and he, he did a lot of painting, was a musician and things like that. But I kind of thought that photography was more real, that he wanted, you know, the pictures, they, they kind of were more true, something like that. So mm-hmm. it kind of felt you know that photography was kind of you know taking a real moment and keeping it because that was clearly what he wanted to do yeah to fix it yeah yeah so um when he died i got his camera and i started it's a good story too i mean because that brings (laughs) that makes it real right in a way that that I think it's funny because I can relate to all three of your guys' stories for uh, I'm a photographer too. So the reason I started is also, yeah, world is terrifying. History is crazy. (laughs) And I want to seize moments. I want to, you you want, like, you feel like somehow you're more integrated with the world, right? Mm. Somehow when you can grab things. Um, But uh, I think, I think a good jump off point also is, so you guys started conceptualizing, you had the idea, Sarah, about kind of the subject you wanted to work with. But then, for this book, yeah, no, 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 it, no. It, the idea wasn't mine. It was okay. actually Peter and Tobias's idea. I just jumped on the board. Okay, yeah. So the idea was there to make the book, and mm. then you guys had to make it real. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where that's where the rubber hits the road, as they say. This is where <laughs> it becomes, you know, a question of like, do, can we afford this? Do we have time for this? How are we going to make this happen? What does it look like in reality? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you guys do? Did it start with meetings? putting your head together or did you start fundraising or how did you how did <laughs> no. you start doing this i mean i mean the good the good thing about the process with all this is that i mean we at the point where we started the project we had been sharing the same studio office for two and a half years at that time so i mean we we meet up pretty much every single day if we're not traveling or shooting ourselves so i mean the conversation is sort of is an ongoing thing mm. um and then I think we're, I mean, Peter is talking about putting things into structure. I think that is something that we all need, but it's not necessarily something we're good at. So I think our way of working with this project is more like, okay, the energy is here. It's now, it's happening. Let's go. Yeah. And then we just, then we just move. And Ride the wave. So I don't, there was no... <laughs> Did we have, what did we do? Uh, can way? I add yeah. something? Because I remember we've been talking about this project, and then one day I came down to the studio, and you guys were like, "We're we're now ordering plane tickets now." <laughs> it's going down. Yeah, it's going down, <laughs> and, and and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, okay, uh, uh, okay, sure, let's do it." And 
so we got the tickets and and you know that's where right as a yeah. it's sort of been talking about this for five years or something yeah. like yeah. that and then it, it moved suddenly yeah like then, i think somebody was restless like, <laughs> yeah no, def- definitely <laughs> something needs to happen yeah i yeah, think i think sure. we definitely have that that where curiosity and the need to move and do something takes over i think that's what, something that we all share and then we just you know i think we just like the fifth of a calendar was like okay let's say two months from now that's vegas move yeah mm-hmm. and in a way that was a way of also making a bit of structure by saying okay we got two months to do tons of research figure out how the hell we're gonna conceptualize and do this and how we're gonna travel and all that but you know let's just book some tickets put on a date and i mean i think we we sort of, I mean, I know some artists uh, like to, you know, get their funding <laughs> done before they, before they start working. Uh, I know a lot of Danish artists works that way. I don't think we're sort of fits into that category because we sort of works the opposite way. Right. We start working and then we'll find out at some point that we need money or that we're like our bank accounts are emptying up very quickly and then we start funding but then we start you know looking for grants yeah and the same with this project i think also it was we didn't want this project to end up you know as the other personal project just keeping pushed backwards like it was like let's okay we all have the energy let's move now because Mm. we we could discuss and talk about this forever conceptualize blah 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 but to keep the magic and keep the energy, we need to do this now because we we could have it could have ended up very wrong if we talked about this for like a year. Right, you then, can then, talk it to death. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And you could have like, okay, when we do this, it has to be perfect because you know we talked about it for a year. It's now. Mm. Instead, we're just like, okay, let's just flow with the energy and see what happens and try it out. At a certain point, it's really hard to imagine what it's going to look like anyway. So you have these things kicking around in your head that you're interested yeah. in doing, but you can't yeah. be like, okay, the book cover is going to look like this. And, the, you know, like, is it even a book? You know, you can't even, you mm. just have to go at some point and just do mm. it. And how long did you guys go for it in the first time? Very short period of time. Mm. I think that's very interesting and something that really, I think it's something we can say here in this form right <laughs> sure. like every time we, every time we say something we have to look at the others to sort of like <laughs> confirm can i actually put out no. this information because we're trying to to there's a narrative so so because i, I can I, cut I, it if they scream we'll cut it no because no, i actually think i actually think it's an interesting point in also in the whole sort of discussion about the narrative of photography and sort of the story behind that we went the trip that we went on, which was initially just thought as an experimental, let's see if there's even mm. possible to do a project like this, was for two weeks. And that was all we did. That's all? That's mm-hmm. all. Wow. The whole project is <laughs> shot in two weeks. And it's so much fun. Good in, job, in, guys. In a sense, and in a sense, it's really fun because there is still in the world of photography... Even even when you move into the world where it's more contemporary and sort of there's still this you know, people want you to been working on something for a shitload of time. Yeah. Because that gives you some kind of significance. Right, right. So it's been something that we've been sort of very challenged about. So what the fuck is our story? Like we have this product here that mm. apparently people like, they think is amazing. They're like, Okay, so you guys been traveling for two years in the States, we'll right. be like 
yeah you know not really like like something right. in between nothing and two years you like put, put you know put it somewhere there you know because because i mean the, the the truth is like with being the three of us and probably also with the background that we have in photojournalism we are when we're working when we're in the field extremely efficient sure. like we work our asses off and we work and we're traveling three people so right. we so cover it's six weeks in a way I'll say it's it's triple triple yeah. like because because yeah. the efficiency is also in the ongoing conversation when you're on the road mm. you debate all the time you discuss subjects you discuss mm. how you're doing like all that thing that you that if you're working by yourself you sort of you need to return from a trip mm. have that conversation mm. maybe show your work to someone else have the feedback mm. then return but here it was just like this energy of just going and going and going and having that conversation while doing it mm. and i mean and so i think it's i think it's interesting to that you know does does it matter does time matter mm. i mean does does something mm. becomes a better project because it it had taken us 10 years to do it or is it good because it is what it is the product is what it is and that's what's important it doesn't yeah. feel rushed no so in which case two weeks is fine you know but, it doesn't really matter right but also the, of course before we went before we went we had done a lot of research so we had laid out you know the path and the places and right you didn't just some, show up and walk no around. no 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 and we you know we, we just started another project in january and we also traveled for two weeks and you know we returned with almost nothing and mm -hmm. we were like how did we do that project last time? It was <laughs> yeah. also kind of... So luck know, was involved too. Totally. Luck and just like it was the subject, you know, with the people and the, was also very present, the places we went. So there was tons of material. There was tons of people. There was tons of places. So we didn't have days without shooting, you know. And we were just really fortunate and lucky that, you know, we had we had some good contacts that would, you know... Contact their people in the field, whatever. So we would always, the three of us, have something to do. Mm. That being, you know, photographing objects or uh, places or people. There was always like this list that okay, tomorrow I'm going this uh, this direction. On the way, I can also do this landscape and blah blah. blah. The other person was so we would shoot. You know, we would shoot like crazy, and we we can't really grasp how we did it in two weeks, like. Mm. And then something amazing happened that there is um, a UFO filmmaker um, mm. in in the United States and he immediately liked us very much. So he sort of opened doors to um, mm. to people that he himself had been using seven years to access. Right. So I think yeah. when we got back, the in initial idea was this was an experiment and let's mm. see what we can get. But there was a feeling like we actually covered what we wanted. Mm. We feel... Sure. We have very, very vast material, and I think there there are I think fifteen portraits in the book with text also, and I think we could have done the double. Uh, so we mm. we um, we took a lot of material out of it, and there was I didn't feel any need to to go back. Actually, um, um, we did a few interviews on the telephone afterwards, but. That was basically the it, mm. and then also I think what happened when when we did the first edit we made we made a complete dummy of it, uh, which is 
um, which is uh, different from this one. So, in a sense, we made uh, we made two books. So that's maybe why the final product seems very um, yeah uh, finished yeah. and yeah. how it should be. Mm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, and also. Um, before we went, we kind of made a list, you know, just the, a wish list. Like if everything turns up exactly how we wanted it, uh, we would need these people to cover the story. That being all from abductees to scientists to journalists to the commercial side. So as Peter said, when we returned, we kind of had, you know, we could check on all these people. So we were like, OK, this is kind of in the best of worlds what we're looking mm. for. We didn't think that you know i think we were just trying we just we would see what would happen but you know when we returned we were like okay we have a lot of material here and we didn't know what we had because we shot it on film but we had an idea that you know just from writing down so i photographed this guy okay right. you and, touched on it some way or another yeah well i think it speaks a lot to the power of research mm. um one of my big problems has been not researching projects properly, you know, and you can waste a lot of time and film mm -hmm. doing that, you know. So so having a, a list of, of interest, goals, things to touch on that you've already, you know, because you also, you, yeah, you want to have some sort of angle to start with or mm -hmm. something. It, it occurs to me right now, we haven't even named yet what the project is about <laughs> uh which it's obviously okay. we'll do at the top of the episode but uh, that's quite uh, funny I, I think i'd like to hear a little bit about where the interest comes from and when mm. how you guys developed this uh the the, the idea before you even took off mm -hmm. i actually like that i i really think that it's also interesting to have a conversation about the whole thing without naming what it's about <laughs> yeah. yeah because well, it makes it very general. It makes right? a very different discussion different from things. what we usually have. Yeah. Yeah. Because some obvious questions that are um, led to by introducing the subject, we have not touched on. So now we've been touching on a lot of other things. Mm. Which is really nice. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> yeah. uh, of course we will tell you what it is. <laughs> it's not that we don't want to do that. It's a book about birds <laughs> in the, the Amazons. <laughs> uh, no, 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 it's not. Where did it come from first? Um... Well, I think I think we all share this uh, fascination about paranormal and weird stuff, and probably always have had that as something that sort of interested us. But this comes out of Peter and I was living at his uncle's house. That will be seven, seven, eight years ago now. Uh, doing our final uh, semester uh, studying photojournalism and he has uh, like a great collection of UFO uh, books, magazines, old uh, VHS tapes, documentaries and it was a very, very cold winter, like one of those winters where there's actually like half a meter, a meter snow everywhere and it was in the countryside and so we just ended up spending really a lot of time in that house and just started watching documentaries like literally just think like flipping through his like home tv setup mm. things and mm. just being like you know what are we gonna watch like should we go for top gun again should we go for oh oh there's quite a few ufo documentaries there i mean let's let's see if there's anything interesting here and we just started watching a lot of documentaries <laughs> and at some point we just it just became that conversation 
that was just like the conversation of that winter between us was just like pretty much like okay so that documentary we saw last night i've been thinking since then about what that guy said and it was just like and we became i mean i would say we became quite obsessed by 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 the, by the subject got in. we got sucked in pretty fast and we started to see okay there's actually quite a few people in these documentaries who are not just like your average you know, weirdo who thinks they've seen something while... Right, they're not all nut jobs. No, there's actually quite... I mean, there's there's quite... I mean, there's regular folks here. There's there's old army people. There's like there's old, you know, government people. I mean, and we started to question like, why does the, the, all these people show up? Like these people with like stars on their shoulders, I mean, who actually have reputation. Who has, like, why do they show up and say like, I know there's something there. Like that, that is so far out. Right. I mean, why would you put your, all your credentials on sort of the table like that and like risk everything by saying, taking in this subject, which is so ridiculed and for most mm. people just like connected to weirdos in the desert somewhere. And we just started talking about okay how could this be done and why isn't this sort of treated with the same sort of serious seriousness as everything else mm. and when we started to speaking to people they were starting ridiculing us and we're like you guys are nuts i mean you just focus on proper subjects i mean have a conversation or something that really actually matters like you know this yeah probably someone like traditional photojournalistic approaches is probably someone you know there's a flood somewhere or there is a climate change subject or there's a civil war there's all these things and we were walking around this world of ufos and aliens but it just it just that sort of approach that's just stuck to us yeah i mean we we discovered that for instance if you do a project about um uh, a religion as a documentarist People will not ask you. Oh, so now you're a believer in in this Buddhist Buddhistic sect? Are you part of it? Right. It's like with the UFO subject. It's like I want to do something about the UFO subject. And people will be like, "What? I, what the fuck you, is wrong with you? Do you believe in UFOs? <laughs> I didn't say I believe in UFOs and aliens. And that that sort of stigmatizing is really interesting because mm. it's sort of either you're inside the subject or you're outside. Right. And it's sort of like. Also, and it and it's also like that in the scientific community. Like you cannot do anything serious about the UFO subject because you're ruled out. Sure. So we thought it could be interesting to sort of like bridge bridge into that, like make something that could m enable people to be curious about the subject and not only just stand outside and reject it. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to tell you guys. One of the real big successes in my eyes with this book is you guys never touch upon, is it real? Is it not real? Are mm. these people crazy? Are they not crazy? It is not discussed whatsoever in the book. And mm. I think that's really a strength. You guys are just present. Mm. You're there. You're you're hanging out with people. You're listening to them. You are uh, looking at what they have, what they do, you know. And, and, and that seems to be so much of the debate about phenomena and mm. uh, and and uh, you know the, that it's a bunch of crazy psychos mm. and there are definitely nut jobs but there's also these other people like you're talking about military people engineers mm. people who by all appearances seem to have pretty good grip on on what on the world you know and you're kind of <laughs> like well what are you doing here exactly i think what we did uh, good getting back to the whole research uh, aspect was uh, and what what was a very clever uh, decision from us uh, 
sorry about the, to brag about that but the, <laughs> but please we, brag we, we we met with this uh, really cool danish anthropologist and she had had been doing a work on abductees people who think they've been kidnapped mm-hmm. uh, and she told us how was her approach uh, because uh, coming from a school of journalism you would always have you would have such uh, a very specific way of asking questions and trying to prove and talking with people around mm. the subject mm. have second sources and stuff right but what she did was like she believes in anything that she's told in the way that she's interviewing so if if somebody says i have 13 children living in space because i was inseminated by sperm from aliens right. she will ask okay that's really really interesting tell me more yeah. not asking as a journalist prove it right. i want to see pictures i want to see footage i want to i need phone numbers for 13 space yeah. children now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and we knew we knew we had this we, we we agreed on having this approach before going right on the trip right and and that's uh, a red uh, line uh, through the whole work also, not only in the approach to how we were interviewed, but also in making the landscapes, like looking at the landscape in the mind, staying in the mind of the witnesses, like mm. photographing a landscape with the same mysterious feeling that could there be something out there. So that was deliberate. That was mm. deliberate. Mm. And also in photographing objects, for instance, people mm. put a lot of meaning into objects. So we try to give the objects that we photographed in the project the status of evidence yeah. like this object have a really really high significance so you should pay attention to this object now mm. so in that sense we sort of framed uh, framed the project from the beginning and in a way that was not uh, um, limiting because sometimes I think when you make a concept or you ha- choose an approach you end up mm. but by having the feeling of, ah, can I do this now? Because it's sort of not the approach. But this approach was really open and it was liberating. Hmm. Well, it strikes me that you guys talked about, you just went there like, hey, we'll just go there and figure it out. But you guys actually really pretty swiftly worked out an idea of of a method and a, uh, now I'm thinking in Danish words here, in Gang's <laughs> Dinkle. Uh, <Yeah>. Approach. <laughs> approach, yeah. yeah, yeah. A method and an approach uh, for, for, for executing the project. And I think that's really important because, again, going back to me trying to photograph things sometimes, I don't work documentary, documentaristically at all. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I have tried at various attempts. And it's, mm-hmm. if I leave it too open... Mm-hmm. If there's no approach or method, mm-hmm. then it's just there's nothing to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a person with a camera there. There's no vision. There's no sure. there's no story. There's no narrative. There's no nothing. And 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 that can be uh, that can kill an otherwise potentially interesting subject. The mm-hmm. author has to be present mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys chalk that up to experience. You had been working on projects long enough that you could kind of, with a gut instinct, say, okay, we got to do something more than just show up. Yeah, sure. Um, we, we kind of put, like, from the start, we also knew that uh, our approach would be shoot on film. Uh, it would be more slow than normal documentary where you go there, you just dive into something, you document everything. We were like, 
actually we kind of agreed on that we didn't want any Iran reportage images. Like that was kind of the only rule that because we didn't want you to we didn't want you to stage as, that this is real. We wanted it to be kind of you know in the field between documentary and art. So we wanted to be more like single images and not like claiming that we have a story that we documented it. So that was kind of the only rule which controlling broke. lighting yeah. and seating people and, and we didn't we did we didn't didn't use artificial light except from on the object photos we used we mainly used like just the light that was the present like mm. sunlight or indoor mm. so um but what I mean about documentaries we didn't want to for example one of the first places when we were at Mr Johnson where this, there was this therapy group she has um She's a former, she's an abductee, the one with the 13 children in space. And she now has like therapy sessions where people who have some kind of experiments show up at her house and they kind of go through people's experiments in a, like in, in a place where you're not judged and where you can speak freely. And at, you know, at that, at that place, we kind of like put, like we focused on specific things. We didn't, you know. The, the room was very dark. There was a lot of people. So we, we couldn't have made great Im- documentary images. Instead, we kind of focused on, you know, her objects, her mm. uh, portraits, uh, things like that. But we, before we began the project, we kind of put it into categories. Like, we need a lot of portraits. We need the, the actual people. Like, and not just, you know, people, real people with real stories. Or, and we need... Uh, places that has significance we need to go to roswell of course we need to find the crash site we need to go to area 51 we need these places we're not making this up we're not shooting you know in a park somewhere claiming that it was the crash site Mm. and we need the objects because the first thing people would need like is is there any physical evidence do you have anything that you know can back up your story so it's also kind of our you know comment on okay here's a lamp you know that an alien touched you you figure out if you think it's true or not but you know the woman who has the lamp claims that an alien stood holding her lamp in her living room so of course we're going to include that in the book so we kind of had you know we had a lot of rules but as peter said it was very open because we just knew that we wanted to do this differently than we Hmm normally would do but why did you why how did you know to do those things to that like how did you <laughs> yeah, know to structure yeah. those things that I way i don't know i i think that's the interesting part about how the whole project developed i also think that i mean i also think a lot of these things actually happened in the editing process afterwards mm. i think we took a lot of conceptual decisions afterwards because i think i mean as we touched upon before i think when we went to the states for that two weeks trip i mean it was more seen as like okay this is a research trip mm-hmm. let's see if this you didn't actually expect that we didn't would, expect yeah. to produce the material that later became the book we mm-hmm. we went there to do the first trip mm. i think we saw it all this is sure. the first trip mm-hmm. we're going to that we're going to touch down base see what's there research talk to people get to do something see if there's actually ground to make this project work so i think a lot of it came in like in the process afterwards but i think like i mean remember that the project and the initial idea goes two and a half comes two and a half three years 
prior to us actually starting working on the project. So it's been a conversation that we've been having about this project for quite some time. And I think the whole idea of the, the concept is also just the conversation that we've been having about photography mm. for a long time mm. and how we saw where, as Sarah said earlier, on, where we started to look for interesting photography and the more conceptualized contemporary photographies and, and like people like Chamberlain and Bloomberg and sort of like... Mm. So we we already sort of knew that, and we I mean in the research process we also very early decided on okay we need to look at some kind of visual identity for us because mm. right. this is a concept we're three of us, mm. and I mean we know each other we know each other's styles I mean I I trust these people one hundred percent like I you know I totally admire them as photographers, but I mean we're different people and we're different photographers so we had to sort of find a way. So we were very early on. We started, you know, look at so inspiration and where could that be? And that what could I, this look like? What could this look like? And it was very much sort of founded in founded in sort of like American photography. Mm. We wanted this mm. to be an American project, so it's very much inspired by American photography. And it is very much, if you look today, inspired by someone like Alex Soth. But way back, it's more, you know, work of someone like Stephen Shore, for example. Mm. Um, so, and Eccleston and stuff like, you know, mm. those kind of photographers and mm. that kind of style and sort of also taking in sort of the, this whole storytelling of the visual storytelling of the subject, mm -hmm. which we thought this is a very much an American project. You know, it's about American culture, it's about movies, it's about film, it's about the visuals that we see mm -hmm. and have been living with, you know. So we want to tap into that. I mean, we want to, this is E.T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it has to look in a way like it was shot standing next to Spielberg, you know. <laughs> having that sense because mm. that's a, such a big part of the story is the popular culture. I mean, we are digging into the popular cultural myth. We're not looking at UFOs worldwide. Mm. We're taking that exact right. route between Roswell and Area 51 that sort of created that whole, mm. you know, storyline of today. Mm. Yeah, so so what we did was also that we, instead of, uh, if you see other group projects or like shared work sometimes, mm. uh, in in photography you see one person shooting in this way and another person shooting in this way so in the book or in the project you can see that there is still a conversation going on like you approach the subject with your with your with with your way of shooting and the and the other one shoots in a completely other way i'm not sure that you can see that not, not, in, not in our no, okay. project not in the work that we did but in many other uh, works is like that so it's sort of they have Inside the work, they have a discussion uh, or a conversation about how should we approach um, this topic. Mm. And I like many works like that, but but, uh, but I think we sort of, we had that conversation before we did the mm. project. So we agreed on a way to do it, to, to make it um, consistent. Yeah, there's no differentiation. It bears mentioning, like mm. it, it could... Mm by all intents and purposes appear to be one photographer mm -hmm. working on some that. people like people close to us like my girlfriend for instance she tried to guess her way through the book did you do that did was she able that? to she she was she had a significant uh a positive outcome of okay. that but mm. 
Because not, I would not, have no not 100% hit at all, but it was more than 33%. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I wouldn't, I would have no idea. Obviously, I but, don't know what you guys did beforehand. And I think, uh, if you, I mean, people can't, can't tell, and I think it gives both a variety of subjects and, a, and like small varieties in mm. the way it's approached, mm. but still has this visual consistent um, oh. feeling to it. Let me guess, you guys use Mamiya 7s. <laughs> One Mamiya 7. Okay. Like, we used actually three different kind of cameras. Oh, really? Okay. Or four or more. Like, a lot of different cameras. But medium But it still, it still fits together. Mm. Yeah, it does. But, I mean, it also took quite a lot of work to get it to fit together. I mean, well, I mean, that is kind of the next step. Because then you get home, you have a, a huge material. Mm. And, and what, what took me years to realize is editing is half the work. Sure. You know, making the project, the way you cut the project. And like you said, there mm. was a ton of stuff that got cut out. You know, and you have to kill things which you think are great. Mm-hmm. Because it'll help the final product become, or the final project become, what it's supposed to be, mm. uh, and 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 that's 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 an impossible work almost to edit. It's mm. so hard because every every single choice changes everything in a mm. weird way. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't know. Did you guys just have to pull your hair out and scream and cry, <laughs> and uh, just you know the three of you together constantly looking at it? I mean, how do you turn? Two weeks worth of hundreds of rolls of film, and mm. indubitably, to what are there seventy images here, something like that, eighty images, Some, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the whole sort of editing process that came after coming back was is very significant in how this work turned out. And one of, one of the first things we did was that instead of say me coming back with getting my negatives, I will go through my material and I will make my selections and, I, and then I will approach the other guys. Right, right, right. We would uh, give away our negatives, which means that Sa and Peter will have mine and vice versa. And just put it all into a big pile. Which would mean that it was so important for us to create that co-ownership mm. to make this our body of work so that every image belonged to us. And you know, everyone who works with photography especially works with shooting on film, knows the magic of seeing those images for the first time. It's not digitally, it's not like you don't have no idea. And sort of giving that first experience and that first look into that material to someone else, but in the you know return receive some material that you had like no clue about because you hadn't been the one pressing the shutter, but you heard the stories, you found been a part of your own research, you mm-hmm. found that maybe you were the one finding the source, talking them through the interview, all that kind of stuff, because it was all a joint venture. Starts and all blending together. Then we could start blend all these things together. And we were very sort of conceptually, we understood, I don't know, just maybe just by heart that this was, that this process was important and that it worked for us. So we were very... Early in the process, we also included the graphic designers that we worked together with, and just Shout gave out to and just, just and, uh, Marco. yeah, mm. big time. It's beautiful. They to did the great Iron time. Flag people who mm. were amazing in this process. As I mean, and gave them all the material as well. Okay, so, so yeah. all that control that normally you have as a photographer, like it's my subject, it's my images, it's me. Okay, now I got to take control over the material when I get back to editing. All that we gave away mm. first to each other, then to Marco and Miko, and like that's that process of just like 
was necessary, I think. One thing we did very early was that we went to Iron Flag to the studio and we had uh, printed out all the people we met, like one image of each. And we put all of those stories on the floor. Mm. And I remember this uh, Rosanna's dog walking on the, all those. <laughs> but <laughs> Did no. you guys know them beforehand? The, the graphic yeah, design I team? think uh, you knew them to be as beforehand. I knew I knew them before, and and I mean in in the same in the same way as everything with this project. You know, I I was at a birthday one weekend ending up having a conversation about UFOs with Marco and then I go to a party the next weekend and I'm um, and I meet Mikkel and have a conversation with him <laughs> so it's like it was just like this thing so we approached them you seduced them and I tried I seduced them with UFOs and we approached them and we're like we're, you know I know you guys love this subject so, so guess what <laughs> you're, you're on board yeah. like we, we want you to to be a part of it so I mean it was very important for us to have someone like that to um, to in in, in, in in a way share this this authorship as well I mean mm. we really wanted to sort of be like this is also your project right. like and we did that with all the people from Yebe who was our editor and all the written words uh, that's Yebe Kandor Bell shout yeah. out shout to, out to, to him as big well big shout out to <laughs> him as well yeah he's doing fiction we, want, we, wanted, we wanted to include them so that yeah. it was that the whole feeling about sort of making this project and the whole process was very much like a family thing like we're in this together we're doing mm. this thing it's not only ours because because it was so much about sort of you know letting go mm. of that control mm. and that ego mm. and and be like you know can we actually end up making this project so much better by giving away control mm. instead of you know constantly you know being like this is mine being right. so protective yeah. of it back off and back off you know yeah. Yeah, I can't show I'll, you this I'll, I can't I'll take all my material and run away and I'll make my own right. product and I never yeah. had that feeling but in your whole it was, life it was never very, never. Never? never not in this project <laughs> no not in this project <laughs> not in the new one either but anyway it was intense to just stand there and have all those uh, portraits laying on the floor sure and together with Aaron Flag and Jeppe and, and the these dog. two amazing people, <laughs> and and the dog Bob, we had to we had to talk about okay, this person represents this, and this person's story is is it too similar to this one? So we, mm. that's one of the initial things that we did that we sort of uh, edited down on who should dis the actual main characters of, of the story. Well, it certainly helps to involve people because yeah. if you look at images for too long, you lose the ability to differentiate. Mm. You know, I'm going to go scan a bunch of 4x5 negatives here after we're done mm. and I've lost the ability to decide which one. So I'm hoping I have time enough to scan all of them because I'm just kind of like, fuck, I can't, I can't see it anymore. Mm. Yeah, sometimes you know? you're just like, all are great. Yeah. And then the next moment, uh, right. you can't have a, great. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but is this your guys' first book? Yeah. Yes. yeah, I mean that's tremendous. It really speaks to the fact because this is a very, very professionally made book. It looks like your tenth book or something, because Thank you. you guys. <laughs> yeah. No, it does, and I think that probably speaks to the fact that you guys asked other people to come in and help because whatever design experience you guys might have. Iron Flag is a tremendous design company. Mm. They're going to kill it. We mm. know this. Mm. Uh, you know, having an editor, you guys are good at English. Get someone who's even better. You mm. know, like asking for help, making it a team project 
really uh, saves you a lot of uh, pulling your hair out, mm-hmm. but also really strengthens the entire project. Mm-hmm. But I just want to add, like, I can remember, you know, uh, when we arrived at <coughs> our office with, you know, just a, one big bag of film, and we literally gave the, you know, the chemistry guy all of film at once. Today, I think I would have kind of, you know, maybe gave it in portions. Because, but anyway, got this huge shopping bag full of film. And uh, maybe we wrote our name, I don't, I don't know, whatever. But we only did like the contact sheets, as Tobias said, and then we would, you know, hand it over. And I can remember Tobias being totally nervous. Like, he was like, Okay, so so you're just gonna look at my film now, and Peter? And I'm like, yeah, look, really looking forward to see what you got here. He's like, okay, uh, just can I, can I write my name on the corner? Yeah, yeah. and like... he was like, he was like walking in circles, like so, 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 so what are you gonna decide? Like, what, what are you gonna choose? I don't know. It like uh, it's kind of you know such a nerve wracking thing. I yeah. mean, it's like well, it goes back to the idea we were talking about too about journalism, and it's me. Mm. I do this thing. Yeah, I mean, fucking back off, you know. Yeah, Plus, yeah. it's also, I mean. You know, for me still, and I think probably till the day I stop, you know, making photography, I still feel extremely vulnerable about my work. Mm. And like to show that, you know, to show that whole thing, like with all your... Right, you didn't get cut out the bad ones. No, with all your mistakes and all your that's not working, that you have to Mm. sort of take that and just give it to someone else and just be like, like that is such a... It's such a relief afterwards. I mean, mm. it has been such a relief because it, it it worked out. But I mean, it could have like it felt very, very, very. Uh, it made me feel very anxious yeah. <laughs> and very much out of control. Mm. And I mean, we we touched down about sort of putting setting the world in control and using photography as a tool to to make you sort of see things straight or understand certain things. So it's. That whole thing about giving away control, losing control, putting yourself in that vulnerable position is is everything that is this project, I think, sort of mm. in, in the concept of how the process and how we've been working together and the trust that we now have in each other, like which is totally like I know I know by heart that it's you know that what we work on is going to be great, and that you can keep working on, and that we can keep working on yeah. stuff together because we now have this trust where, you know, we can share this authorship together and feel one hundred percent that it represents all three of us, mm. and and I th- I think that's extremely beautiful. I think it's the most satisfying thing to get away from the ego. Like to to stand with an exhibition or a book and you know do that together with two other people and be like, you know what, I'm not going to tell any of you you know which image I took because right. it doesn't we matter. Made we made this. Yeah. I mean, and and when we sell stuff, goes into the co-ownership. Hmm. Like everything is owned by the three of us, yeah. and it's going to continue being like that. And it's it's amazing that. To actually start, I think it's also in a sense taking photography more serious. Like it's taking the whole conversation about photography serious. Instead of thinking that photography is only you pressing the shutter, is some way how I look at very much the photojournalistic approach to it. And sometimes it's a bit naive and a bit really not giving photography the credit it should have. So it's like it's the very twentieth century. Yeah, and the whole, so it, it it means that the whole thought process, the whole you know research, doesn't mean anything because it's only about who presses the shutter. Mm. And here, I think 
we understand and appreciate the fact that it's the whole thing. It's a, we have a very holistic approach to <laughs> to to photography now because because it is it can't happen. And also, there's a lot of circumstances, you know, going before the an exhibition or the book. Like people in Tobias would see images that I shot that I maybe didn't like or that I would just have you know just have considered like an off shot or something. And, you know, they put it in the book and I was like, it took me a while and suddenly it's like, okay, I see the point now, you know, it kind of makes sense. And so that's also like, Tobias and I have been looking at, you know, uh, work we've done like years ago and looked at the edit and being like, that's just straightforward to edit, you know, keeping all, you know, the scratches out or keeping all the mistakes out and actually including those sometimes makes it stronger or makes it more interesting. So having, you know, every time like the three of us looking at it and debating it, it makes it, you know, it makes it a bubble and we're totally inside, you know, when we're working both, you know, do, doing the research and traveling, we're totally inside a bubble where you kind of know exactly what the others are thinking and, you know, kind of knowing your place, you know, if you go that way, I've, if you're going that way, I don't feel that going the other way is, you know, less uh, or the wrong way. It just feels like we're like spreading out, like three like three people's eyes becomes six instead mm-hmm. of, you know, we can cover more aspects. And that goes both for, you know, also for the exhibitions, like Peter and Tobias would uh, suggest new things. And I kind of being the skeptical one sometimes. And after a while, I'd be, okay, I see that now. Kind of makes me smarter in photography it makes me you know instead of just having my way of seeing it i'm jealous now makes 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 all of us smart (laughs) it's great to have a partner like i literally i think for for the past two three years that's what i say to everyone everyone that approaches us like other photographers or younger photographers or or whatever i mean people just who do photography interested i'm not just like go for this right like this is the way also just out of totally like nothing to do with photography but i just like to travel and party with, <laughs> with my friends instead of just, just by myself <laughs> and, and it's a bit lonely to stand at that you know reception and be like i don't know anyone in this city but it's my show i'm gonna get drunk by myself yeah. you know, it's, it's more fun to be like three people enjoy enjoying it Right. So it's about enjoying it. Sure. I mean, I, I, I'm also de- like trying to, to get people to do collective work. And But we were just in Unseen, this uh, festival in Amsterdam. That was last weekend, right? Yeah. Oh. And, and one of the persons we met there um, were talking about why do people don't work like as director of photography, for instance, or like more like a director. It doesn't have to be a flat structure as we... Mm. It's, we, I don't want people to do exactly what we did. Right. You know, you can set up other ways of working. Like, where he has yeah. a huge crew of yeah. people. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Do, like, do that and put it onto the documentary photography, right. for instance. I, I don't know if I've seen that. Maybe it is out there. I'm, I'm just ignorant. It could, could be really interesting yeah. to see someone work with, with like, like crews and with who has a, a DOP or like a director of photography. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't press the shots. Yeah. He just sits on his... Yeah. on his stool in the background and, and could be interesting to see that done 
with documentary photography, for example, mm-hmm. that you actually set out with someone who's pressing the shutter and someone who's directing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe just isn't that what Salgado does? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's maybe there's someone out there doing it, but no, not like not. But I, I but but, but, but not but not but not making it obvious that's that's the whole concept yeah, and yeah, the whole yeah. process is that that there is different rules. It's also. I mean, it's so interesting because you, I was. There's also a lot of photographers in, take for example, you know, fashion photography, where the photography, where the photographer is so. I mean, he can't do the images without all his brilliant assistants who know how to do lighting. Who get paid shit and get who get paid shit and treat, pa- yeah. and, treat mm. and they are actually the ones probably with the knowledge of how to do lightning. Sure, sure. So the guy shows up in the end of it and, you know, presses the button and, you know, the makeup artist, the stylist, I mean, there's so many things going into creating that image, but it always sort of still that conversation about the one photographer. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't, well, that's, that's, that's the thing. It goes back to this idea that it is this, this, yeah, the narrative of the individual, mm. the Alfred Stieglitz who does everything. Yeah. Um, we're running out of time and we haven't even got to touch on <laughs> the book. Well, <laughs> what's the name of the book? <laughs> yeah. What is the name of the book? Um, I'll wrap up with that, but I, I mean, I, we haven't even talked about what happened afterwards. Um, and, 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 you know, we don't have another hour, I guess, but, 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 I'm curious. Okay, so you guys are all working photographers to pay the bills, right? Yes. And you do that both in you do that individually. Yes. Uh, You figured out a network, some way to make that work, one way or another. Mm. But putting together a book of this caliber is a very expensive process. Uh, How did how did the reality get handled? You Mm. know, because doing the project is one thing, but Mm. executing the project is another thing. Well, again, we got. I mean, we've been extremely fortunate. In that sense, we got we were approached by uh, Le Conte de Al, which is a huge festival in the south of France, uh, who offered us a uh, in huge, huge exhibition, and we sort of managed to to get the book out and publish the book the same day as that exhibition. How did they find you? They because saw the dummy because we were in we how were did they see the dummy? we were in Al. Uh, we we decided when we made ah, we applied. we put we put. Uh, the festival in uh, 2015 yes. Yes. as our deadline to for having a dummy. Good idea. So we decided. We, yeah. we yeah we we decided and we had long discussions about that because I remember at some point I was like ah we're never gonna be able to make it we need more time I'm not I'm not sure the materials oh, there. I was chickening out. Yeah. I was like I was like I need. I, I feel like I need an, another trip. I need to, you know, make be more comfortable in um, with the material. But but Peter and Sarah was 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 really great at being like, no, 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 no. We're there. We can make it. We're gonna go for this. We're gonna deadline. So so we had the book in Al, had great uh, the dummy of the book in Al, had great feedback from different publishers and so on. And then at some point, the publisher who initially ended up publishing the book, which is a French publisher called André Frère Editions, he approached the director of the festival and said to him, I have this thing you need to see. It's quite amazing. And f- luckily for us, for us, they thought that gave us this huge exhibition with a big budget that made it you know, possible awesome. for us to produce this exhibition. But we did that at the same time as finishing up the book mm. so we had half a year 
not yeah. even to edit a book, do the biggest exhibition we're probably ever going to do, yeah, and get money and doing three doing three full time jobs and funding our part of the book, which we did through a Kickstarter campaign where we again were so lucky to include some amazing people. Shout out to Bull. Yeah, shout out to Jonas. And I mean, these guys help us and work their asses off for you know for nothing to to create this funding campaign that made it possible for us to put in our share in the production cost of the book. Mm. And then because of the huge um, exhibition at Al and and how big that is, especially in in it's in, in, in France, it's probably one of the world's best yeah. biggest yeah. Yeah. festivals. It is. So that meant that the publisher as well went in with way more money that he would normally do because he trusted that mm. the book was going to sell. So I mean, in that sense, we've just been extremely fortunate that you know the, that we got these opportunities. We've been able to work together with people who've been extremely helpful, who worked their ass off to make this possible for us. And we managed to, you know, to fund a lot of money. And already before the book was published, sell two hundred books or something, yeah. like, two hundred fifty, three hundred, a lot Just of books. based off of the 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 expected. You know, there was enough of a vibe around it, enough yes. of a interest. In yes, it. that's awesome. That's the dream, right? I mean, it, yeah. it it is it is the dream. It is the dream. Of it's. I mean. It is literally, for me, it is a dream. Like, you know, from these books, I come from a family of bookshop owners. So like, right, I've right, grown right. up with books. It's like in my family, that is the Holy Bible. Yeah, that is yeah. everything that's made of paper <laughs> and wrapped in something that's like, so to to be able to publish a book is, I think it's such a dream for all of us. Mm. And again, to do it together just makes it so much more fun and valuable and I yeah well quickly to wrap it up I want to hear if you guys are able to talk at all about what's next yes yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you see again yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course it's a, it's a it, Let's don't tell me more than you want to tell. Yeah, how much time do we have left? I don't know. Someone has. I mean, we're we're at a, uh, an hour and twenty minutes of recording. I'll cut some of it, but not much. Uh, but someone had an appointment at some point. Yeah, I don't know. I need, I need deadline to be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the new project is is um is is actually more fundamental and it's much bigger than the UFO subject. The subject matter is is the fundamental question if we live in a simulation. If we can trust reality. You just sold one book to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. And that's, uh, so that's in very short. Uh, but the, of course, w- the the whole story is like and now because humans are being so good now at making simulations and, and making AI mm-hmm. that people like Elon Musk, for instance, he started talking about the chances is one to a billion that this is not happening to us right now. That if we can make... But the singularity has already happened? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If yeah. we can make simulations and, and if we're talking about singularity, then why is it that it not, it's not happening uh, right now before so that we are actually just agents inside somebody else's computer? Great. Now I need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but we, what, what we do is like we, we use that... To go to question reality photographically, like look at 
objects, look at places, look at phenomenons like cancer. Hmm. Like, why is if this is a constructed reality? Hmm. Why are there so many problems? Why are there absurd things in inside this reality? And we use the camera to to question these things. That sounds great. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Where are we in the process? Well, it, the project is still going to be documentary photography in some aspects and some other aspects going to be more abstract. And I think we're also going to manipulate images and we're going to be totally open about that, that we kind of moved, you know, trying to take, take documentary photography even a step, you know, more absurd or whatever not not saying that okay this is a photography so what you see is what you get this mm. is the truth having that to be an open debate and a question can you if we kind of claim that photography is evidence in some way because you know we didn't manipulate or whatever we will kind of you know debate that as well but we are going to include actual you know people with actual stories so we're actually going to look at research like what is happening at different anthropological yeah anthropological. and also like we went we already been to stanford and ucla and uh berkeley berkeley and kind of went to the vr lab and went to the robotics lab and like so that was all documentary trying to also show what is happening right mm -hmm. now but also have a side that's more abstract looking at you know houses that are built funny that look like okay did something go wrong in the program the computer program or that door doesn't end up in anything whatever or like twins or like doppelgangers like things like that that makes you question like this is weird like what's going on here yeah what the fuck kind of <laughs> kind of play with you is but that the I, name of the book we have another working title right now <laughs> yeah but I, I like i like this one better what the fuck is yeah, going on here <laughs> yeah but you know there are there are like you we all have moments where we're like this is weird or just a deja vu or whatever mm. or a faith or kind of feeling like okay is the is the path already been written or is this yeah. the matrix yeah something yeah. like that so kind yeah. of including that in 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 a more artistic way mm. but also having you know using documentary photography to show that there's actually some crazy shit happening right now that kind of explodes your mind and, and where you like okay so this you know theory doesn't f seem that far-fetched because we're actually experiencing th things right now that makes your head explode because yeah. Sounds amazing. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, the book you guys made, Phenomena, we'll say the name for the first time now, uh, is, is really tremendous. And uh, I hope it's not sold out, right? I think it's. I think soon it will be sold out. Okay. Like it's, it, it's, it's going very well. So any potential listener, quit fucking around. Uh, I'd like to buy one if you guys have one. Um, We're gonna order some. I think we need. We, we, don't, get a new we, reprint? we, we don't. have. We don't any. have any books ourselves anymore. So but the we, publisher still has. Them. Okay. Yeah. So I'll get one of those. But um, yeah, it's really a tremendous book, um, and uh, you know, I think it raises a lot of interesting questions, not just about the subject, but about working methods and uh, you know, photography. All these things we've touched on today. So um, I'm really looking forward to the next one too. Really blowing my head off. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you so much for, for this conversation. It was great. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Undergang Armchair. 
The intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by The Passion Hi-Fi. You can find links to their music and all sorts of other great conversations on our unexplained occurrence of a website, culturalbandwidth.com. We're still building out. We still have new programs. It's happening. If you do like the program, we would appreciate it if you'd take just a moment to go on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll help others find us. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time.